Alright, so this time I do need to say some things about this episode. First off, I will once again be using the Sin Hunter for this story, but I'll be switching the name to Jack Ryder to avoid self-plagiarism. And I'm going through an experimental phase in story writing, trying to fit my own personal characters into stories that better fit their personalities, rather than just making fanfics. Let's face it, they get a little boring after a while. So please, sit back, try your best not to smile, because there's no more Sin Hunter. I'm sorry, I like the story, but I feel like there's more out there for me with this story. So, same person, but different, and I mean very different character. After what seemed like ages of running, Jack finally skidded around the corner and to a stop behind a small bar and grill, where his heart thumped furiously. The rain hammered overhead, but beneath his fedora, Jack was completely dry. He knelt down, after the sirens on the chopper had faded away, and he reached into his bag and pulled out a small, cramped-up little ball. He unfurled the ball after clicking a button, and it popped out into a robot. The ball was about as big as his face, or an average bowling ball, but it unfolded to a robot about his size. The robot sighed and flopped its hair to the side, revealing two emerald green eyes. Jack felt like this type of action-adventure had been done almost too many times in the media, <clears throat> but he ignored that thought and moved to talk with this thing now that he had it. He thought it would be better to get to know it a little more before he went any further. Hey, sorry for keeping you cramped up for a while. Cramp doesn't cover it, bucko. Jack sighed, and the robot smacked him with its razor-tipped fingers, causing some blood flow. Ow! Okay, okay, I get it. You don't like being stuffed up in a bag. The robot huffed and then sat back, transforming into Jack's friend, who was away in Hawaii on a group trip for school. Eh, hey, look at me. I'm just a little, little bestie who never talks about him because I'm still busy with school. Jack then removed his laser gun from his pocket and brought it out to face the robot. You want to find out what this does? I'm sure as a learner robot, you'd love to figure out what this thing does. The robot kept Jack's friend's form, but cowered instantly, its emerald eyes shimmering under his friend's glasses. Okay, okay, don't shoot, don't shoot. Suddenly, Jack grabbed the robot and yanked it backwards into an alleyway behind the trash can. Don't speak, but look up. The robot looked up slowly and saw a wire-thin, ragged and cloaked figure leaning over a rooftop across the road. He wore some kind of patterned kabuki mask under his scarlet hood, and on his back, he had a dangerous and menacing rifle. He sniffed the air once, twice, three times, and then turned and ran away towards the valley edge, far in the distance. Jack crammed the robot through the doors of the restaurant, and once it was in there, he leaned back against the wall, letting his head thump against the bricks. <sighs> Thank goodness. He snapped open his phone and dialed the only person he still had who wasn't trying to kill him or steal his AI friend. His friend Audrey, who was, as the AI had stated, was in Hawaii on a school group trip. He dialed the number, quickly recalling lots of memories on the number, and then the other end picked up. Meanwhile, far off in Hawaii, on a small beach on the coast, a junior sat in the shade, watching her friends run around and have fun in the sun and sand. 
She didn't catch a tan easily. You would have to leave her out there for three days and three nights, and even then the sun would barely scrape out a toasted marshmallow. She felt her phone vibrating through her shorts pocket, so she picked, her, so she picked it up and answered the ringing. Jack? What's going on? Are you alright? Yeah, I'm okay. I've still got the AI, don't worry, but we've encountered some problems. Okay. Remember, I'm in Hawaii. I'm a plane trip away from you, so you're on your own until, until the 31st. Yeah, I haven't forgotten. But the government's getting frisky. They're sending not only agents and kids this time. Wait, kids? Yeah, the government started sending actual kids after me. And what's even worse is that they dress like Pokemon trainers. <laughs> Tell me more about that. Anyways, continue. <sighs> the government's now sending out a mutant bounty hunter named Axis. He can transform his hands into blades and guns, and we barely escaped from him a while ago. Okay, Jack. I... I'm sorry. I wish I could be there to help you, but it's alright. You don't need to get yourself worked up or beat yourself up. I'll get the AI to your location. Or our agreed location, trust me. Or don't, it's your call. Audrey sighed and then laughed. <sighs> oh, that's reassuring. Thanks, Jack. Jack smiled from the other end, still running a finger over his new scar. I'll keep in touch. See you on New Year's. See ya. Jack snapped his phone off and then turned to walk inside. Now, the robot, who I'ma just name Audrey 2.0, since, well, it basically looks like her, but with emerald eyes and little shorter hair, sat down in a comfy seat, tucked away from everyone else. <sighs> I really, really just want to kill them all right now. Hack through them, cut through their wiring, take them out. No one would be the wiser. But, Audrey 2.0 looked down at her hands. I don't really feel like it. This doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Then again, not much does. The storm outside seemed to grow worse, and soon the pitter-patter of raindrops on the rooftop soon lulled her to sleep. She slumped over in her seat, and her glasses began to slowly drift off her face. Ping! Entering power mode. Please wait 13 minutes. Jack walked back in just in time to see his partner asleep at a table. He rolled his eyes, then sat down across from her, pushing her into an upright position and shifting her glasses back on. Jack pulled out his phone and held up a reference image of the real Audrey, who was an ocean away. He sighed, recalling so many vague but plentiful memories. Ah, <sighs> man. Well, guess I gotta ditch this phone as well. In a secure location, government official Matthews ordered his paperwork, wiping the sweat from his brow. Paperwork is a tiring task, after all. But, of course, there was the usual knock on his door. Y yeah, come in. And through the door, a guard walked in, and then collapsed, a gaping hole in his chest. A barbed tail seemed to twitch in the darkness as the mutant Axis stepped in behind. Matthews rolled his eyes. Great. Did you get him? Axis's face remained unchanged beneath his vest. Nope. Splashed. No, of course not. I splashed him with invisibility. Come on, man, you're getting rusty. Matthew sighed. Just tell me you know where they are. Axis kicked his muddy boots up on the neat and polished desk. Yipper. But, of course. Axis shifted his glowing orange blade arm into his hand and rubbed his fingerless gloves together. I'm going to need a little more of that sweet, sweet freedom before we go any further. Matthews rubbed his eyes and frowned. 
fine. How many people did you kill this time trying to get to him? Axe scratched his head beneath his hood. Hmm. Maybe six or seven? Matthew's pen stopped scribbling across his paper. He took off his glasses and stared at Axis with a cold, steeled face. Six or seven people? Axis waved his hands around, then pointed his hands forward, changing them into guns. Ah, what kind of animal are you taking me for? Six or seven concerts worth of people. Matthew slapped himself. Oh, God. Sounds like you're getting a little steep around the edges, pal. Matthew slammed his hands down on his desk, scattering mud from Axis's boots everywhere. No, no, look, I, I'll work things out. But come on, man, you have to stop killing all of these giant crowds of people. Axis stood up, dusting off the desk before leaving. Not my fault. You kill people to go to prison. I kill to stay mentally sane. We are not the same. As Axis walked out, he waved with a blade hand to Matthews, who was still picking up his papers. The kid's smart enough to run. He's seeing what I can do, and that'll no doubt make this much harder than it has to be. The next morning, Jack and Audrey 2.0 were back on the road, this time with marble white skies overhead and pine trees and mountain ridges all around them. They passed by a sign on the highway that read, The Road Toad. Jack smiled. Perfect. Alright, we're on home ground from here on out. You can relax a little more. Audrey 2.0 sat back behind Jack in silence, until she felt the need to speak up. You realize that once you tell me what I'm here for, why you kidnapped me, and once I destroy everything, I'm ripping you apart, right? Jack turned around at a road where no other cars could be found, and then sat back in surprise. Er, I'm sorry, are you blushing? The robot quickly hit her face. Ah, uh, no! You people are disgusting. You and your perverted ways. Jack kept riding up the hill. Eh, not my fault. Besides, you're the one who decided to look like my best friend. And besides... And as for disgusting, you're the one trying to murder anything and anyone else you see. Low blow. Low blow, Jack. The duo finally rolled up a hill into a small but functioning farmhouse with a damaged garden out back and arrows littering the yard. Jack pulled his bike to a stop and hopped off. Right here. You don't have to hide. Don't worry. Audrey 2.0 jumped off but instinctively switched on her blasters. There's someone here, and there aren't. Jack looked all around, taking in the scenery of the mountain. Now that, that is not who you think it is. Don't worry, this guy's amazing. Audrey 2.0 started forward in confusion. I'm sorry, amazing? So far, everyone we've met has been trying to kill us. Yeah, well, not me. Audrey 2.0 and Jack turned around to see a teen, about 14 or 15, with a notched olive green bow and a tipped arrowhead pointed right their way. Hey, Jack, been some time. Yep. The two looked to each other in cold silence, before the team put his bow away. Well, not everyone's trying to gut you like a fish. Come on inside. Audrey 2.0 tilted her head slightly. Uh, what's a fish? Once inside, Jack removed his fedora, giving way to healthy, tanned skin and spiky black hair with topaz eyes. Thanking, thanks for taking us in, Ben. It means a lot. Ben was a teen with blonde hair, sea-green eyes, and an excellent taste in cooking and and a whole lot of archery. No problem. So, what brings you to my humble abode? Jack looked all around it while Audrey 2.0 looked strange intent at the fat black cat on the couch, who was eyeing her back just as menacingly. We need somewhere to lay low for a few days, and you're pretty good with a bow, so I'm told. Ben nodded to his newly crafted bow. 
iron reinforced. It's not much, but I scraped together some old parts and pieces, and suddenly, a knock on the door rang out. And that is officially part one of yet another story. Man, I'm really losing track of how many stories I've done and not completed. I should really try to get back to that Evan story. Anyways, uh, yeah, let me know what you're thinking. Again, do not hesitate to reach out to me at Spotify or osparks at gmail.com or osparks at hey.com. I always get that wrong. Um, but that said, yeah, have fun and uh, I'll see you around.